Today is February 11th. Tezayin. Shvat. Brachas 39a. Lamed Tez Amad Aleph. The learning of the Dafyaimi here in the Hollywood Shtibol. Shabbat Nishmas Kitol Peral Bas Patzal. The Nisham Shadab and Aliyah. Now we're in the heart of palms. Now the heart of the discussion over here about different vegetables, cooked vegetables, preferred vegetables. And the Gemara continues with different discussions in that matter. We had a story, right, where they brought, uh, they brought a salted, a pickled olive, as the Gemara left off, uh, to one of the Chacham in the Gemara. And the last line of Lamut Chesam Edbeiz on 38b, Amalei Rabbi Yirmiel, Rabbi Zeira, Rabbi Yechelen, Hechel, Varech, Hazayis, Meliach, Kibben, Deshakila, Legaranei, how did Rabbi Yechelen make a blessing at all, make a bracha, an after-blessing on, on uh, the olive? Because in order to eat it, you have to take out the pit. So once you took out the pit, says the Gemara on the top of Lamut Tesam and Olive, 39a, on the top line, you didn't have enough of a quantity, it left to make a bracha. Now, Rashi explains at top Rashi, in order to be considered and that you ate it, you have to have a, a kezayis to make an after bracha. Uh, and that's, Tysus points that out. The only question the Gemara had was the blessing that you make after you ate. The being of shear, which requires the shear of a kezayis, which is an olive. But if you have an olive minus the pit, you don't have a shear of an olive. The whole question is only the after blessing. Of course, we already learned the very strict terms. The Gemara was very, uh, right? The Gemara was very adamant that somebody who de- derives benefit from this world without making the proper blessing is uh, is not a good thing. And they uh, uh, considered a goslin, considered as if they stole it from Hashem, it still belongs to God. So clearly, we're talking about the blessing which is recited after you ate. If you have, the minimum requirement is the size of an olive, and you ate an olive minus the pit. So if you ate two olives, then you fulfill that, because between two olives, you'll make up for the size of the spit hole in the middle of the olive now. The size of the pit, but otherwise, how did you do it? Back to the Gemara. The Gemara says, middle of the top line, Amalei mi zavrit kizayis gadol Who said that in order to bench, you need a large kizayis, a large olive kizayis, the size of a benuni beinan, a medium-sized olive. And that one olive that they brought brought in front of Rabbi Yechanan, Zayas Gadol Hava, was actually a very large one. Even though you took out the pit in the, in the, from the middle of the olive, you were still left with enough of a quantity to be able to recite the after blessing, and that it was considered achila. The Tanan, Zayas Sha'amru, the Zayas, the... the uh, the olive that's commonly that we discuss for the share of brachas for the amounts, like cotton, like gado, we weren't referring to a large one or a, uh, a small one, elabainani, rather an in between one, right? Now we know where the Goldilocks story came from. Zeu agure, and it was called an aguri. Now, uh, what, what, what does that mean that it was an aguri olive? 
Now it was a bruti. What's a bruti? But others said that the name of the particular olive, the 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 the, the genus name, the uh, scientific name, was, was it seems to have been a matter of dispute. But lama nikri shemai aguri. So why then was it referred to as aguri? That its oil is piled up inside of it, is contained inside of it in a fashion more resembling a grape than other fruits. Most fruits, in order to get fruit juice, you have to squeeze it, right? You have to squeeze it out. Uh, uh, Olive, the juice, uh, like a grape, is really more, it's a separate entity, even when it's contained inside. It doesn't require the same effort to squeeze out the olive oil. Now, says the Gemara, this discussion that we've been having about the order of brachas and cooked vegetables, what bracha, perhaps it manifested itself in the following machlekas. And this is not just a regular machlekas, you know, this is a great story. There were two students that were sitting in front of Bar this is always a test. Whenever you go to a Rebbe's house and they bring out food, just don't, just forget it whether the Rebbeson makes good food or not. It's a test. We see from every story in the Gemara <laughs> that this is how they used to test their students. And Abaya and Rava used to trick each other, right? They brought out uh, the fruit to see what bracha he's going to make on it. So just know, right, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So just know if, you, if you're somewhere with like Bakafra or Abaya, one of these guys, Know that the food is coming as part of the shear. It's not a, she- a separate shear. Uh, many years ago when I was in the mirror, yeshiva, so Parshas Chayesara, it was like a big week of Shaduchim because the topics in the Parsha, and uh, Rabbi Eli Baruch Finkel was a cousin of Rabbi Nassim Tzvi. That's whose shear I was in, in the mirror yeshiva in Yushalayim. So he used to give Friday night a big... Oneg in his house with a shear on Shaduchim, because a lot of us were single going back to America to, and we're going to date in, you know, in the future. And in the middle of the shear, it was like a two-hour shear, and it was all about different topics. In the middle of the shear, his wife would bring out trays and trays of brownies and kugel and beer. And I said, that's not a break in the shear. That is the shear. That, you know, you have to know how to live also. Like, that is... <laughs> that is the shear. That's his wife is saying, like, uh, you'll, you'll make sure that you'll have... Uh, have good stuff in the house, and everybody will be happy in your house. So, so that so here also the story is not a break from the Gemara. The story is part of what we're teaching. Uh, so he brought out uh, two students were sitting by Bakafra. and they brought out ca- ca- cabbage, dormiskin uh, like uh, some type of cooked vegetable, uprag what spinach. Upragiot uh, and uh, chicken. Nasan bar kafra rushus la echad mehem levarich. Now it's interesting the way the Gemara words it. Bar kafra gave permission to one of them to. Tosis, by the way, says prunes, and I see the Lazi Rashi translate prunes as plums. So it seems like it's not clear which vegetable it was, but we'll see what the story is. So, Bar gave permission So it doesn't say, it says he gave permission to one of them to, to start the meal, to make the blessing. Now, that's a trick also. Like, 
either tell a specific one to make the bracha, but to say, okay, whoever wants to, be, to start the meal can start the meal. And one of the students jumped up and he made the first bracha on the chicken. And his friend uh, mocked him for it. His friend uh, uh, braided him for it. I'm not upset at the one who made the blessing, which we'll discuss what the... So the uh, question is here, right? The question is, do you make a blessing of, on fruit first, on vegetables, or do you make a shahako first? And so that didn't even bother Bakafra at this point. Bakafra says, that doesn't bother me. But the one who's malaglik, the one who yelled at his friend, and he If your friend seems very excited to eat uh, the pragyot, the, the chicken, he ne- hasn't tasted meat in a very, in a, in a forever, in a very long time. So what are you mocking him? What are you berating him for? He's, he's doing the right thing. He's making the bracha on the food which is more chaviv to him, which is more endeared to him, which he and wants to eat more. At the end of the day, you served him spinach. <laughs> you served him spinach and pragiot. You know, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer over here. So what are you yelling? But then says, uh, subsequent to that, I, I don't know, changed his mind, but uh, he went back. I'm not angry at the one who yelled at the friend who made the bracha, but rather the one who made the bracha I am, I actually have a tain on, you know, he's the one who I'm upset about. Maybe perhaps there's no chachma over here, but a sage, I'm older, I'm an older person. There's no zakein in the room to ask. So if you don't know what to do, why don't you uh, why don't you ask me what to do? So maybe you don't respect my wisdom, but my age is a fact. I'm, I'm older than you, you know. So Bakafra seems like he uh, he was upset at both of them. Tana, um, we learned in the Mishnah that the two students did not live out the year. It's just very strange because, like, I don't know, it's, uh, it, it's just, uh, okay, the, the second one I understand the Taina, that he, Bar held that he was being disrespectful to his Rebbe, right? So that, I, I understand that's a, that's a complaint that I could see that there was a punishment. And the, but, but first of all, the first one, he, he, the Gemara seems to say, that he retracted his, um, his complaint on them. You know that to say that uh, and that he he was maladig on his chavah. So I guess it's it's not clear why why such a harsh punishment. But either way, it says they didn't uh, they didn't live out the year. So what do we want with this story besides to learn? If you're in front of a rebbe, it uh, never hurts to ask, right? In general, in life, a lot of times we learn more by asking than by assuming. Says the Gemara, my is this not what they're arguing about the two Talmidim? The Mivarich Saba, the one who made the blessing on the Pragyot first, he held Shlokai's cooked vegetables of Pragyot and these chickens, Shakonli Abidvarai, are both the same bracha, Hilka Chaviv Therefore, you choose the one which you prefer to eat more. And whether it's 
spinach or prunes versus chicken. He chose chicken. And the one who criticized him, the second student held, that even though it's cooked, getting back to the machloikas, the dispute that we had in the previous Kamara, that even though it's cooked, it still remains a bayre priya adama, the original bracha. You make a bracha on fruit over adama, over shahakal. Says Gemara, nice try. Lie, don't take this Mishnah and try and use it to support the discussion of the previous Gemara. I don't know if it means everybody holds that. These two guys, their opinions were both unanimous that they're Shahakoni Abidvari. This is in fact what they're arguing over. The first one held that you have the right to choose which food you prefer better, and that's the one you make the bracha on first, which makes sense, right? You're making a bracha to Hashem, you're thanking Hashem for, the, for what He provided you with. So why wouldn't you thank Hashem on the item which you're most happy, grateful to have? Yeah. Right? There's a logic to that. What if there was challah there? Uh, hold on, hold on. That's the whole next kabar. Um, but challah would have, if it's something which, right, which came part, as part of the Suda, it could be there was challah there. But it would have to be that these foods were served as part of the Suda. Um, well, if there was challah there, you would go to challah first. Because yeah, but maybe. What if you don't want challah? Right, so, yeah. right, so I, I, I'm assuming that they always had, uh, they always had bread, but... Rashi explains zikna inka. I'll just, I'll just because you brought this up, I'll just add, throw in this discussion about the challah. So of course we know that if you make a meal, the beginning of the meal, you wash. That includes everything that's normative to come, and everything that's normally served in a meal. Says Rashi zikna inkan. When Barakapa said, "Is there nobody who's older than you here?" Hello, Zakin Ani. I'm older than you. You could have asked me. And you should have asked me which bracha to make first. And these items which were served are not there to accompany the bread. They rather were served in ex parte, not as part of the regular meal. And the Gemara in two blot, uh, on that's going to be on Thursday, will uh, explain to us this rule that you're preempting. Do we always rely on challah to, to cover everything? And these are foods that were not typically served during the meal. They were kind of brought on it brought but, in as yeah, something separate. So now Ranjan would say there's a whole discussion that if you're a guest, then you're saying on the das of the host. Okay, well, we have the home sector to cover. But what we, <laughs> now what we, no, if you have challah on the table, you're obligated to wash. Or do you have, can you eat it's a, that's, that's a separate discussion. Also, I, 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 you, it isn't, it isn't. Cause why you mechoyv, it, during the week, you're, why are you mechoyv to wash? I mean, it's a mitzvah. No, but it's on the table, I'm saying. Like, any, like you have fruit, you have vegetables on the table, you can't pass it by. Can you pass challah by? If what do you mean I can't pass? If I'm not eating it? Okay. No, you can't, you don't have to eat uh, yeah, it. Yeah, if I'm not eating it, I'm not eating it. But I think the, 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 the regular course of their meal was more like an Israeli-style suda, where it was bread and dips. And uh, they served very little in addition to that. Everything was on the bread, the meat, the soup, everything was on the bread. So these were items which were brought, brought not like totally out of left field. Somebody showed up with them. They brought it in front of them. 
That's that's the way Rashi is, at least according to Rashi. Um, are you obligated to what? Eat something which is on the table. I, I don't. I can't say that is certain. Um, yeah, with bread on Shabbos. That'll be a different discussion. Why it is that as a guest they needed to make any bracha? They could have said we're relying on the our meal is. We don't know what you're going to serve. Do you ever know if you eat by somebody's house? Do you know what they're going to serve? A restaurant. You know what they're going to serve because you ordered it. Then you come to South Florida and you realize it doesn't matter what you order, it's what they bring you and they, they bring you what they want. And if there's 40 people all behind you waiting, you're going to take it even if it's not exactly what you ordered. Ah, so says the Gemara, back to the Gemara, V'hacha b'hai svara So what was the final outcome of the explanation of the dispute in this Mishnah? That the one who made the bracha on the chicken first said when you have an option, which two foods, which two brachas you have to make, a shahakal or a dama is not the question. The question is, which food do you prefer? And the other man, the Yama held that kruv adif to zayin. Uh, cabbage nourishes you and therefore takes uh, preference. In fact, if you look at Tysus, the third Tysus from the end, Chaviv Adif, Tysus says, V'chein halacha. In fact, that is the halacha. In Yesh, the Shnei Minei Peres Lefanov, you have two different fruits in front of you. Chaviv Adif, Ubayar Priyadama Adifa Mishahakon Yabidvari, Muvereres Tfei V'chashuva L'Atzma, Kiryas V'yivarach Al Oisei Amin Shashayach V'priyadama, Afa Pitcha Oisei Amin Shashayach V'priyadama, Chaviv Adif. If you have two separate brachas, shahakal and hadama, hadama is preferable because it's more specific. And when you are more specific, your praise is a bigger praise, right? If you can thank somebody for a specific kindness versus a generic kindness, thank you for all you've done is nice. Thank you for driving me in the rain 30 miles out of your way is exactly a beautiful thank you. So same thing with the bracha. If it's shahakal and the that God, you created everything, thank you versus the items that came from the ground, so Adama would come first, except that if it's the same bracha, then how do you choose which item to eat first? And this is maybe what Ron is touching upon, that if there's items on the table that you're going to eat, you do have a specific order of brachas. Uh, so then uh, you make, uh, you choose the min, which you prefer, and Tesis concludes, but of course, in the fun of Peirush Shabbos Shabbos, for Echad Man who Mizayin Amin and Yivarch Chil Aloisa Shazayin Amin and Adifi. If you have one, which is the seven species, seven species of Peirush Eretz Yisrael, those of course take precedence over other fruit of the same bracha, oh, or even not. Amr Reb Zera, back to the Gemara. Ki Avinim Bei Rav Huna Amalei. Rav Huna taught us as follows: Hani Gaglide Delifta Praminu. So we're talking about, uh, I believe, turnips over here. Turnips, prima rabba, if it's large pieces, very priyadama, prima zuta, shahakol niyabidvari. Now this is very interesting. It seems like it depends how you prepared it, right? How you chopped it up, if it's large pieces or small pieces, which is, uh, why should that, right? Why should that make a difference? In fact, this is what Rabbi Yehuda told them. When they came to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said they're both the same bracha. You chop them up in order to cause the sweetness to come out. So even though it will have a different taste, right? Even though it, 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 it'll have a different taste, you didn't cook it differently, but just by having a different taste, it will... 
uh, not be a separate bracha, even though by cutting it up, it'll have a different taste. Omar Rav Ashi, and somebody actually mentioned about onions, right? Oh, that was with cooking. But onions get sweeter when you cook it. I guess different vegetables, you cut it in different quantities, you prepare it in different ways, it changes the taste. Omar Rav Ashi, and there's a lot of people who won't eat fish, but they'll eat sushi, right? But you wouldn't eat a raw, a big raw piece of fish. But a small piece of fish, together with rice, you'll eat. So we see that just the size of, uh, and the style that it's prepared changes the taste. Where do they talk about sushi in the Gemara? In Japan. Amr Avash, right? I once heard from a Badchan. He said, to get a Jews who eat gefilte fish all day long, uh, to eat sushi. That, him, that, that wasn't such a kudz that the Japanese managed to influence that. But go and get the Japanese to eat gefilte fish. He says, now that'll be an accomplishment. Ravashi said to Rav Kahana, uh, cooked, uh, cooked uh, beets, or t- right? Beet. Yeah, so finally we're talking about cooked beets, not raw beets. So, where you only add in a small amount of flour will be a uh, The fact that there's some mazoinous flour in there doesn't change the bracha. The lift of the mafshi by kimchatve, but if you were to put in a food where it's really a bread, it's, it's, it's a lot of flour in it, then you, it would actually change. The bracha, let's say turnips, where you put in a lot of mazainus, it would change the bracha entirely. Bahadamar, subsequent to that, he changed his opinion. Ravashi uh, retracted and he said, even with a lot of flour in it, this that you put in extra flour, flour, it's only there as a binding agent. Why did they change the vegetable here? I think it was just a normal way to make oh, the dish. Oh, that turnips were served with uh, more flour than, than beets. Because beets, everybody wanted to make sure to get that full experience of tasting the beets. But turnips, we... Didn't we learn like two or three Gomorrahs ago that even if there's a little bit of the five grains, it's same as us? Right, right. So this is very... So this is, it has to be a clarification on that, that it's, that's talking about if you bake it. Here, it's talking about if you cook it and you added the flour and the flour is clearly not there to make it into a dish of bread with vegetables in it, but just rather it's just as a binding agent that, that, and the, that it would be, uh, it would be uh, different. It wouldn't change the bracha. So that's right. This would be the basis, this Gemara, for a large discussion. I think somebody was talking about licorice the other day where flour is just there as a binder uh, if you have a kumput or certain, you have a, like a fruit dish where not like a pie where it's uh, the flour is there as a dough, but rather just like sprinkled in to make it a little bit of uh, gravy, th- think thickness so that what gravy no, people right 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 right. It says here, right. Kahana concludes that the considerable amount of flour, like. Uh, how much is that? Yeah. It's done only for the purpose of adhesion and not for the flour's food value. So, right. So therefore, the right. it's still a chiddush. Mark is pointing yeah. out a big chiddush. That it's still a chiddush that even though it's mezainus, we're talking about enough flour, assuming <coughs> if it's a problem of quantity, then it couldn't be a mezainus. 
But if we're assuming there's enough flour in there that I would think it's mazonos, right? And we're still saying that that just treat that like a binding agent. It's a, it's a, it is a, it is a chiddush. Yeah. Amar Rav Chizda, Tavshel shall tradin yafa lelei v'toiv leinayim v'kolshken v'neimayim. This is why Rav Ezri is here today. And we have a, a doctor, I call him Dr. Fox, but almost, almost Dr. Fox, right? And uh, as to tell us, uh, this is Punk the Gemara, which talks about uh, health, right? So the Gemara says, cooked uh, tradin, which are um, uh, turnips, or something like that. Yafa lelev, good for the heart. Tevleinayim, good for the eyes. The kolshken levnei ma'ayim, and certainly for the for the for the gut, right? Uh, for the gut health, uh, it's probably because you don't eat that much of it, so it's by default it's good. Amar Abaye vehuda yasev abetfei. If it's on the bottom of the pot, if it's mamish close to the heat source, ba'abid tuchtuch, and it's it's bubbling away. You have to cook it. In such a fashion that uh, that it's really uh, done well, that it's it's popping, it's boiling. Um, not sure if you go listen to your pots, what noises the food makes. But if you hear a tuch tuch, you hear that sound, you know that it will be healthy for you. Amar of Papa, Pshita li Maya de Silka Kesilka. Umaya the lifter can lifter. Umaya the kulushlaki can kulushlaki. Papa said, uh, if you cook uh, vegetables in water, turnips, uh, uh, beets, uh, cooked vegetables, the water that you cook the item in it, it seems is the same bracha as the actual vegetable itself. Bayrav Papa, which is a chiddush, right? It's a chiddush. Now, how are you eating this? I'm assuming you're just eating the the broth. And you're telling me that it's the same bracha as the vegetable itself, right? That's a, that's a, have to know how to apply that. Papa, Maya de Shivsa, Mai. What about dill water? Lemtuke Taima Avdi, is it there to give a taste to the water? And therefore, it would have the same din of Bayer Priyadama, like we just discussed about the cooked vegetables, what bracha the water is. Or is it some type of uh, cleaning uh, to cle- clean away the unpleasant taste in the pot? Tashema. Hasheves mishenas natam bakadeira eimba mishum truma ve'en metam atumas oichlem. That once you cooked the dill in a pot, it's the dill itself, the vegetable itself, loses the halachic status as a truma vegetable. And it's, it's considered like a piece of wood, and it doesn't have a status for tuma or for truma. From there we see that the taste of the dill, the, 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 the qualities of the dill get transferred into the water, and therefore the, the water that dill was in wouldn't just have a bracha of shahakal, but would take on the bracha of the vegetable as well. Amrav Khiabarashi, I said halakhically you have to know how that applies. Amrav Khiabarashi. Pastsanuma bakaara, bread which is uh dried out and you cook it, reheat it in a uh sliced bread, dried out bread that you reheat in a pot. Mivarkanalava Maitsi, 
you make a hamaytzi on it, even though it's a totally different item than what the, the full loaf of bread. And this is against Rebchia's opinion. That the bracha hamaytzi uh, has to be uh, on a piece of from the loaf of bread. And this is already a piece after that state. So Rava's regular way of eating was that while he made a bracha, he would break apart the piece already to start eating it. And therefore he didn't understand why you're making such a big fuss about this old bread that it's in pieces. It's the same really as the way you would eat a uh, 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 piece of a regular piece of bread. Ella says the Gemara, the top of Lama Tessam in days. Ella Amar Rava Mivarech Ve'achakach Boitzeah. Must be that when you make a regular bracha, you you make the bracha on a whole loaf of bread. You don't cut open the bread till after you uh, make it finish the bracha. Ve'achakach Boitzeah, and afterwards. You uh, break open the the bread. Now, what is this possible uh, discussion over here? So you have two two you have a conflict over here. <coughs> On the one hand, I want the least amount of time possible between when I make a blessing and when I eat the food. Right? I don't want to have sick. I don't want any interruptions. So therefore, the more prepared the food is for me to eat the better off the bracha. If the food is still in the kitchen, you're not allowed to make a bracha. If the bread is wrapped up still in the plastic bag, so you're, you, you don't have bread, you're making hamotzi lachem in aretz. Thank you, Hashem, for the bread from the ground, but I don't have bread ready to eat right when I finish that blessing. So now let's assume the bread is out of the plastic and it's out of the silver foil or whatever you had it in, and it's on the table, but it's not in your hand. So you still have a slight, um, you know, uh, milliseconds delay. But guess what? You're not, we're not talking about uncouth people over here who are going to bite into a full loaf of bread. So even when you finish your bracha, you still have to cut open the bread or break it apart with your hands, right? Something. You're not going to eat, bite into a loaf of bread. So Rava, it seems like, uh, first, before Rava, before the Gemara, this Gemara, in the Kasha, we said that you... Uh, you uh, break apart the bread while you're in the middle of making the bracha. In which case, it's like cinnamon, where it's pieces of bread already at the time that you're making the bracha. Says Rava, no. El Rabba again, the top line, Lama Tesson, Beis 39b. You finish your bracha, and it's not considered like an interruption, and only then do you bake, bake the, the, break the bread. Nahadai avdi kribchia. Rabbanan Abdi Kirabba. Nardai stuck to Rabchia's opinion that you break it before you finish the bracha, and Rabbanan followed Rabba. Amravina, Ravina said, Amrli Aim Avucha, my Aim, my mother said to me, Avucha Avid Kirabchia. Now, youth, I said incorrectly before that it's a test when you go to a Rebbe's house and he puts food out. But you could be in your own house mm-hmm. and your mother could notice something that you do and say, <laughs> So she said, 
why Ravina uh, said that my mother's to- told me that my father really held like Rebchia. That you conclude the blessing with the, with the bread. But the Rabban and the majority opinion followed Rabba. That you conclude your blessing on a full loaf of bread without uh, breaking without breaking it open. Um, and Tysus explains a little bit practically how this would manifest itself in our table. The top Tysus, V'hilchsa Kerava, D'mevarech, V'achakach, B'itzea. Pirish, Shleyafrish, Aprusim, and Apas, you don't separate a piece from the bread. It almost sounds like a pull-apart challah, right? He, he doesn't say you don't cut it. He doesn't say, but the, I don't know if they used a bread knife. I don't know if they had a, uh, in Shulchan Aruch, it talks about a, having a separate knife for the challah. But I don't know if they typically broke apart the bread with their hands or if they used their knives. They used to have to sharpen their knives. If they dulled it, they didn't use it where they didn't need to. So it says, This is in fact the custom that we do, not to cut open the bread, is not uh, considered correct. This is because it's really considered an interruption between the bracha and the achila to have to cut the bread. Now, Shabbos, our Gemara is going to discuss, also, Tysus jumps the gun, and this is on Shabbos. You need to wait till all the people who heard your hamotzi lachem arts answer amen to start cutting. That's Tosis sticks in. It's not a halachic uh, discussion on the daf. I'm just pointing out that this is the source for these type of halachas. So uh, according to Rava. You would uh, you would not separate the bread till after the bracha, um, and it, it, what we do, uh, it seems like Tyson says during the week, "Ain't a minig nachan lasses kain." That you'd rather start cutting before uh, before before you finish. That it should be less time between when you finish and when you wash. That's why we have bakeries in America where they slice the bread for you, so you don't have all these shilas. Because the way we eat bread at a meal during the week is if it's sliced. Now, some people eat baguettes and the whole breads. It seems like you have to know the halacha, but it's worth looking into. Should we cut up during the week where there's no concept of lecha mishnah? Uh, should we cut up a baguette beforehand so that it's ready to take a bite immediately as opposed to making a bracha and having to cut it up? And we're talking milliseconds, right? We're not talking a great... We're not talking a huge a interruption. He's saying, oh, he's saying, if you're butchering <laughs> away, then, uh, yeah, okay, good point, Mark. Says the Gemara, Itmar. They brought in front of them small pieces of bread and whole breads, whole loaves of bread. So here comes another test, right? But now the Talmudim knew. We already heard about those two guys by Bakafra who didn't live out the year. So by Reb Huna, they waited for Reb Huna to tell them what to do. Lesson learned, right? That's the biggest lesson from this daf. Is from one, look what a difference from one Amit to the next. Here, they waited for Reb Huna to tell them what to do. Am Reb Huna mevarech 
said, you make the bracha on the pieces and that will exempt you from making another bracha on the whole ones. Right? Uh, now, that's, uh, that's very interesting. Rashi says, the second Rashi on the left-hand column, it seems like if you want to, he told them, if you want to, you make a bracha on the pieces. Um, now, it's possible for one piece of a bread to be bigger than a whole roll, right? You could have a half a challah, which is a piece, which is bigger than a small bulky, a small bokala. But uh, it seems like Robert Ravuna wasn't telling them what they have to do. He's telling them what they could do. If it's a complete loaf, that's the, the greater mitzvah, to make the bracha on completion. And the only question is, if you have a piece of uh, regular uh, wheat flour bread, but the barley uh, bread is in fact a shalem, uh, and Rav Yechelen prefers that you make the bracha on a complete roll, of course, there you can uh, make the bracha on the piece because that's a better, that's considered a preferable bread, real bread versus the barley bread. I don't know if it's because of the taste or because of the quality. I assume both, right? The people, everybody prefers to eat bread over barley bread. We take precedence over barley with regard to blessings because the Torah in Deuteronomy in recounting the praises of Eretz Israel mentions wheat before barley. So Sibla 41b. Ah, so you're saying but it's really... Barley was for animals. Yeah, that's, that, that, but that's what I said. I said like you, that it's not uh, do with psukim. It has to do with uh, <coughs> human food. But you're saying that there's actually a source in the Pasuk where he's coming from. Um, I, Mark, you're telling me a chiddush. I would have thought like, uh, like you're saying, that it's because of the, what's human food and what's uh, not. Um, Rabbi Yirmiya Bar-Aba Kitanoi. Says Rabbi Yirmiya Bar-Aba, this is really... Dependent back to another subject of truma, right? We were talking the other day on the daf how we were trying the Gemara was trying to compare by brachas any other topic that we could apply to whether it's Shabbos, whether it's truma, refuah on Shabbos or truma. Learn from the other subjects where the Torah already explained a little bit more about the nature of the foods and cross reference them and apply them to brachas. So we're going to do the same thing over here. It's a You take truma from a large onion, rather from a half of a half of a. Uh, sorry, take from a small onion, which is whole, rather than from a half of a large onion. That's the Tanakama. That's the first opinion. Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. He says, no, a bigger onion. That's where you want to take truma from. That's where you want to give a present. My Is this not what they're arguing about? It's mamash dismachlekes, right? It's mamash dismachlekes. Whether we would rather have complete items to make a blessing over or, or larger items to make a blessing over. Says the Gemara, 
where you're giving the truma right now in front of you, there's a Kohen who's actively going to take this truma. That you give the 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 uh, the one which is more chashev. Um, that when you don't have a kayan, so it's not a matter of which is considered to be more chashiv, but uh, rather it's a matter of which is going to last longer. Again, you want, your goal here is to give something valuable to the kohen, right? You want to give him food to eat. So if the one which is cut open, what's going to last longer? The whole one or the one which is cut open, right? And that's the one that you're going to give to the kayan. That's where there's the dispute which one is considered more chashev? Rabbi Yehuda says, you give the better one, not the one which is going to last longer. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's what he says. Now this, here comes, this is for the, for the real people, right? Those who are truly God-fearing, uh, will somehow fulfill both the more chashav one and the one that will last longer. We follow the Rebbe. He would put the piece inside the Shlema. We're going back to our discussion of Chala. And that's how he would Bench. So I'm not sure exactly how he, right? He obviously he cut open. He's, they say here it's a, just a an exclamation. It says under. So it's, so it's under, right? So it's it, I mean it doesn't quite fit it. But like a sandwich, he made it into like a sandwich. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, okay. And we have our girsa is prusa b'toich hashlema, the piece inside the whole one. Tosis says, Tosis says meniach prusa b'toich hashlema b'tzeya. So if you look at the second to last Tosis, this is Pierce Rashi. But tzeya l'shtein, you broke. But tzeya l'shtein, when you you break it open, you after the bracha, you break into both of them. Oy, b'tzeya l'shlema bovad behind right day shnein. The kiman shaniach aprusa tachas hashlema. That's what he says. What what uh, Judah just taught us that he puts the piece underneath the whole one. Nira k'misha b'tzeya nami aprusa. So he didn't really have to break open both pieces, both the whole one. It just looked like that. Um, now, what happens if you? I just want to read one more line in this tesis. So it seems like you do have a choice. If you're not going to eat both of them, you do have a choice. So it seems like Tysus understands his Gemara a little differently whether I have a choice or not. Um... The other thing is that I see that on my fancy Rolls Royce Gemara, they switch around the girsa. We have that Ravina said, You take this, the, the chopped up piece of bread, which is already not complete, and you put it underneath 
or inside the complete one. And he has the girsa, in fact, the opposite. That according to Ta'amide Rabbeinu Yaina, you put the, the whole one underneath the piece. And he says that's what the Rambam says as well. So that's a completely different meaning if you go with the fancy uh, girsa brought down in my Rolls Royce Gemaris. Um, well, I'm just trying to visualize it. So if you have two pieces of challah, you have one large half of loaf, and you have one smaller baguette, let's say, or smaller loaf. So if you put the, the whole one, is still going to be bigger than the cut up one. If I put the whole one on top of it, and then I cut open the whole one, so it looks like I'm cutting open both of them, like I'm making the brach on both of them. And that's what we said the shaila was. If you have a larger piece and a smaller hole, which one do you make the brach on? Here it looks like I'm doing it on both. But in reality, but if I put the smaller one on top of the big one, it loses that illusion. Because now it's clear to see that you're, it's not really getting touched. It's really the one on the bottom that you're cutting into. Whereas if the piece would be underneath, I understand it better. Okay. Tani Tana Kamedra of Nachman by Yitzchak. Tana taught in front of Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Meniach Aprusa Betoich Hashlema. You put the, like the girsa that we have, you put this piece underneath the complete one. You break open the complete one. And you make hamaytzi lechem min aretz. The riff and the rush take out the mivarech. Fine. Amalei mashemecha. So the, this Tana who told this halacha over to Rav Nachman by Yitzchak obviously impressed him because we just said a year of Shemayim does it on both. So he said, uh, so Rav Nachman by Yitzchak said to the Tana, he said, what's your name? Amalei, Shalman. My name is Sa- Solomon, right? Or uh, Shalim. That's my name. My name is Hol. Now you can't make this up. Amalei, Shalim Ata Ushleim Mishnasech She Samta Shalom Bein Atamidim. You're, you're creating peace over here. You're telling people that uh, they, they, both, uh, they have to do both. You're creating peace, not machloikis. And your name is your lear- and your learning are synonymous. Amrav Papa. You know, it, it's lot, like sometimes you hear somebody's name and it fits their occupation. It fits what they do. So my name is Solomon. My name is uh, Shalman. I make peace. He says, you're saying an opinion which is unanimous. That's making peace. So we all know what this is referring to. Seder night, after you break the middle matzah. So then it comes time for Maitzi matzah. And what do you hold up? What bracha do you make it on? So we all say you take the prusa and you hold it up together with the, uh, the, the shleima. My timer. Lechem oiniksif, because matzah, part of why we eat matzah, it's the bread of oppression and, uh, and the bread of aniyim, the bread of people who don't have much. And Rashi explains over here, lechem oiniksif, third Rashi from the end on the left hand margin. The normal way for somebody who uh, doesn't have a next meal is that whatever he does have, he breaks it into a small piece. So this way he can save for the next meal the rest. So in fact, we want it to appear that we're remembering the the, the lechem aini, the the pauper's bread, and therefore we want to make it look like we're eating from that piece. So you'll put it underneath so that it looks has the appearance that when you break break open the matzah to eat, you're breaking into both matzahs. Amrev Abba, 
after all this discussion about being allowed to make brachas on partial loaves of bread, just a, a side note, so when you go to a restaurant, you have a hamburger, you don't have this whole Shiloh, right? They break it, they cut it open for you. They, uh, you have uh, the burgers ready. But imagine if you went to a place where they uh, came out with a, a germ-free processing for serving the food, and they served you your burger bun on the side of the food, and they said, you make the burger yourself, it's more sanitary that way, and they charge you only $1 more that you could make the bur- design it yourself <laughs> burgers, where you pick up the bun, right, and you pick up the toppings yourself, you never know when that concept will hit the streets. They say, uh, yeah, you get to, for just a dollar more, you get to choose your own you uh, uh, thing. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's a lot more. You could have a private uh, chef time at the grill where you could even man the grill yourself, but that's already like an attraction. That you have to pay, that's much more. So, uh, so the burger, so, so, so our breads, which we eat during the week, very often the whole Shiloh doesn't exist because they're, they're uh, prepared to eat right then and there. That's why I'm bringing this out. That it's, a, it's not like, it, let's say you order, you go to a store and you order a bagel, uh, something on a bagel. You're not gonna, you, know, the, you bite into the bagel, that's the normal way to, to eat it. The bread doesn't need to be cut open first. On Shabbos, where you have a din of Lecha Mishnah, you have to eat two, uh, two complete uh, loaves. My timer, Lecha Mishnah, because by the Mon it says that they got double the amount on Friday, they took two portions, and to remember the nace of the Mon, on Shabbos we eat Lecha Mishnah, two loaves. I observed Rev Kahana, the Nukit Tarti, that he took two loaves, and he only broke open one of them. Rev Zeira, have a Betseya Kula She Rusa. And Rev Zeira would, uh, would break open uh, a Kula She Rusa on everything that was uh, in front of him. Uh, he used to break open a big piece. He used to take a, I have one of my sons who comes Friday night. I know exactly what he wants. He always wants, he doesn't want me to cut him a piece. He wants that after I cut, like he wants the other half of the challah. You know, like that's, that's what he wants. And, uh, right? So, but Rosero was the same way. He wanted the whole big piece. And the logic is that this way, He'll have uh, Rashi explains a kula prusa a large piece. She and this way he wouldn't keep reaching and taking from the challah basket, but rather whatever he was going to eat for the meal he had in front of him from the time that he made amaytzi. Ravashi ke rav sanusa. That appears like the way of a uh, 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 starving person. Now the truth is. Um, who were the two people in the story? Ravashi said over that I saw that Rav Kahana, right, uh, that Rav Zera would do this. So Ravina is not talking to Rav Zera over here. Obviously, he's talking to to Ravashi. Like, how could our I guess how could Rav Zera have done this? How could our Rebbe Rav Zera have done this? It's uh, it, it would appear like uh, rude, you know, like he's a starving man, takes a huge chunk of bread. Since during the week, 
he would not act in this way. And during the week, he would take a regular piece. It was clear to us that this was a special uh, way he did it on Shabbos to have the whole piece of bread by him to eat it. To eat. So it's not like we looked at it like it was a preference because he would uh, take a, a chunk of bread, but rather it had to do with covered for the Suda. Amar Rav Ami Rav Asi. He have a misramile rifta the eriva mevarchnalav hamoytzi lechem in aaretz. They used to take, they used to make, let's say, an eriv chatzerus where everybody in those courtyards wanted to be able to carry in between each other's courtyards. So they make an eriv chatzerus. If you live in an apartment building, then they do most apartment buildings where there's from people living there do an eriv chatzerus, right? Where they create a joint dwelling through. Uh, matzah or something like that, um, uh, but the next day you're already allowed to you're allowed to eat that uh, that that item which you created the the uh, erivan. So what would they take for hamaytzi on Shabbos? They would take this rifted the eriva, this bread that they used for the eriv. Amri and then they would have to make another Erev the next week. If they used matzah, which could last for a whole year, then they only had to do it once a year. Amri Hayovis Abid Bay Mitzvah Chada, since we already used this item to do a mitzvah, Navid Bay Mitzvah Chariti, let us take it and do another mitzvah with the same item. So it's you, I would have thought that uh, create more kedusha by using different items. If I have a piece of bread that I use for an Erev, why don't I sanctify another piece of bread by using it for my Lacha Mishnah on Shabbos, by using it for my Suda? But Kamashal on the Chiddush, uh, the, the Gemara, that no, in fact, that's incorrect thinking. But rather, once you built up on something, once you took an Erev, you elevated uh, uh, bread, you elevated its status by creating an Erev, <laughs> continue to build on that and use that for your actual physical pleasure of the Suda. And I guess that's, that, that's the way I, the, we're always going to be balancing, especially you learn the Sefer's Brachas, and you realize what a, what a tremendous, the, the part of the Chiv and the obligation and the, the benefits of having a lifestyle which prioritizes our bless, recognizing blessing in conjunction with physical enjoyment is going to be that you're always going to have Ways to enjoy yourself, especially with food, that's clear from the Gemara, that they're always gonna, you're always going to be cooking in more and more creative ways to enjoy the flavor more. And you, that's not a contradiction to what we believe in. You just have to make a bracha beforehand. And once you already elevated a piece of your life, a gashmis in your life, you took a bread and you made an Arab, you made a way for uh, the, your community to be able to participate together and, and, and build a joint, an Erev. So to, you take that same item and you elevate it even more. You show that your gashmias, your physical pleasure, is not a contradiction to a life of recognizing Hashem's bounty. Seems like there was a record there that he made bracha on two loaves, but then he cuts them both.